0: welcome into film tank the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema on this episode, we discuss the new David Robert Mitchell film, which is Under the Silver Lake. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hello there again, everyone, and welcome in to episode one ninety one of Film Tank. I am Alex Stegman, along with my guys Tucson Egan. Ooh.
1: Hello. Oh,
0: did I went, Did
2: it differently? Yeah, sure did. Holy re- shit! Reversed it. Wow. Went I think first. Man. So, what is the significance of that? No, well, you know what's you have to wait
1: until the end of episode to find out. Hold on though. You know what's the, weird though? The that... reality is there is no significance because everything is meaningless. Well.
2: But it's not though because we're doing this movie under a silver lake, mm-hmm. and it's episode one ninety one, which mm. is a palindrome. Yeah, one ninety one backwards is one ninety one. That I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. Oh boy,
0: this is some spooky Ghostbusters shit right here. Not the female one, the male one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, who Nick, is that? Nick is Cheney it? also yeah. here. With Hi, us. Nick. Hello. Uh,
0: believe yeah. it or not, How you know, are you? like each one of the previous 190 episodes. That's
2: right. Haven't missed one yet. <laughs> he's
0: still here. Yeah. yeah. Energize your bunny. huh. Nothing outlasts the Energizer.
2: How come he's never become like the de facto mascot of like, um, you know, uh, beating uh, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Like, batteries, I feel like we don't... Like, no one really needs a battery that lasts forever. Because, okay, so by their nature, batteries are just meant to be disposable. Are, are you are good. you
0: asking why pop culture has not yet repurposed the yeah. Energizer brand Like, body. why can't
2: brands... Pop culture is
1: repurposing every other down there.
2: Well, but why can't brands basically, you know, like, why can't... Evolve. I was going to say not even evolve, but, like, why can't they have, like, a trade network of mascots and slogans? And maybe... That's the only way these brands can really outlive their purpose and whatnot.
1: Are you talking about like the Verizon man, like, mascot who, like, then went over to, yeah, sprint, and went then, to like, sprint? Yeah, he went to Sprint. They did it. And then, like, that's a guy. I mean, that's true. Yeah, but, that's, like, he's, he's, he's also a mascot. Yeah, he's just a mascot. <laughs> that, he's just Verizon man. Why
2: can't we have more of that? Why can't Wendy's be slurping down some Long John Silvers?
1: <laughs> why do you really believe that in the future, Long John Silvers will continue to exist?
2: Yes, I, they'll merge with Wendy's. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Oh what, what do you think these combinations... Oh, well, maybe there, maybe that's like the, the the future right there. Maybe we're on the doorstep and we it's just have Wendy's Lawn John Silvers. Yeah, oh. it's
1: it's mm. it's Disney Hulu Whalen Utani.
0: I like the Whalen reference. It always comes back to Prometheus for
1: you. No, it always comes back. Yes, to Yes, it does. Alien. It always, yeah, yes, it uh, does. It, does. it always comes back to Alien. Well, you're referencing
2: the entry in the canon that you're (laughs) that you're quote unquote not. I I hate Prometheus, Prometheus,
0: even though I truly, I actually under the skin love Prometheus.
1: That's the dumbest impersonation of me I've ever heard.
2: Maybe it's the best impersonation of you ever. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, what film are we
1: talking about today?
2: You want to hear my Tucson impression? Yeah. Oh, God. What is
1: happening? No.
2: Did I do that? <laughs> I
1: knew it. I fucking knew it. Racism. I no, I...
2: It. Well, it started as racism <laughs> when I f- started doing it years ago, but it annoys Tucson so much um, that now it's just turned into a personal grudge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker. Uh,
0: I just love how much Tucson wants to hate on Prometheus. I'll just always go back to that. I don't. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> He's still doing it. I don't want to go He's back to that. still doing it. The film we're talking about today yeah. is the new film from It Follows director David Robert Mitchell. Which Yay! is Under the Silver Lake. Yay! It Follows was a uh, original episode of Film Tank. Uh, maybe like Early five? Early episode? These are uh, all original episodes. Well, We've never done a remake. Okay, that's true. We talked about
2: that last week. Yeah, we should do a remake. No. Yeah. That
1: would be fun. Like a revisit?
2: Yeah. Yeah, like we choose the movie we did on an episode mm-hmm. and uh see if anything changed. or I mean something road, worth doing yeah. down the road. I
0: mean, even like maybe years down the road still, but like maybe a film that like the general opinion has changed on. Like if like I don't know, like, I'm... I'm
2: Black just, hat. I mean, we never did that, but...
1: Yeah.
0: I was gonna say something like, uh, this is just totally pulling on out of my ass, but, like, whiplash. Oh, my like,
2: God. How did that fit up there?
0: <laughs> Son of a bitch. Wow. You know better than that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, like, if, like, people decided they didn't like that years later, just to just talk about it again. Yeah. And revisit it and say, you know, you know, after these these and these things have happened over time, we've now decided that actually this is a shit movie because this director only makes crap after that and we don't like him anymore. And going back and
2: revisiting this movie actually sucks. I don't know. I, it does like happen all the time, which is funny because mm. When we and I say we, as the collective we, both us three and the, the rest, the royal of, we, yeah, the and the rest of the internet, we do love mm. to pretend that what we are saying on a minute by minute basis is somehow so well thought out that it will stand the test of time. And it won't. In reality, uh, none of us know anything, and we will constantly change our opinions. Yeah, but, I'd like to say that like I Prometheus and Tucson.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll say this about Prometheus: <laughs> um, all of my opinions about that film i still stand by like the intensity that i felt towards it because i think that there are fundamental problems with that film and i stand by all the fucking things i said in our original episode that it is not permissible to have fundamental pieces of a film's premise and its explanation basically demarcated to special special features extras on the fucking dvd and to have that being marketed as questions will be answered. I'm just like, you should have had that in the fucking film if it was so crucial. Otherwise, you should have made the choice to just like either cut it off and actually like build something around it. But instead, I feel like I'm not going to talk about fucking Prometheus tonight. Can
2: I I really quickly just – I want to say something. Maybe that will
1: be the episode
2: we revisit. In response to what you just said, I I think – well, normally I would understand, I think what Prometheus is doing is actually commenting on the nature of a rarely unused uh, genre within the sci-fi realm, which is that of the documentary, because it's so complex and so well thought out that context is paramount to the narrative's text, and you cannot understand it without also exploring it and observing it from the outside and its placement within film history. I'm sorry, Nick. Do just you just, out. do you, do, do... <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's just talk about Under the Silver Lake. I'm not going to fucking talk about that right now. I've <laughs> never seen it before. He's trying to goat you here. Oh, my God. Oh, what a dick. So... Anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So, anywho, Under the Silver Lake, uh, which, is this the second feature film? or Third. It is a third. I think it's the okay. third. Yeah. Hmm?
2: Is it? Yeah.
1: Okay, could be. I think that he had one film before this. Uh, um, Like a short film, film or no? It was like a feature-length film. The Myth of the American Sleepover, right?
0: Yeah, and 2010
2: starring nobody. Myth busted. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: anyways, the third feature film from David Robert Mitchell surrounds Sam, intelligent but without purpose finds a mysterious woman swimming in his apartment pool one night. The next morning,
1: she disappears.
2: It's actually one day, Magic. Sorry. But... Actually,
1: that's not how the sequence of events even happened like that. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, right. Sam sets off
0: across Los Angeles to find her, and along the way, he uncovers a conspiracy
2: far more bizarre. So, while... Well... I would say 90% of that is obviously technically correct. Mm. It seems like someone wrote that based on the trailer without having seen the movie. Yeah,
1: because that's not even the, the proper sequence of events. She's not actually like swimming in the pool. She's just like by the pool. Right. I she know that, like, that that seems, seems like a cool technicality, but the there is a dream sequence, you know, there, which was
2: heavily prominent in the trailer, right. not in the actual movie. right? Anyway,
1: That's how it was Fuck framed you, man, in the actual like film itself, but like you know, whatever.
0: So the really only main player here is Andrew Garfield. Riley Keough gets the second um, billing, but she's really only, she's only in the movie for like
1: four minutes. You gotta say his
2: full name though. It's Andrew. I hate Mondays. Garfield. Mm-hmm.
1: What was uh, <laughs> what was what's her name? Uh, Ricky Lineholm. Lineholm, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in this. Um,
2: she's been in a, a few things. Um, Uh, randomly, she was a major character or major supporting character in Joss Whedon's adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing that he shot in his backyard and home. Oh, I don't think I, I... We went to go see that. <laughs> Were you about to say, I don't think I've seen that? No, 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 no. do no. you I went to the theater to see it what together? I was, what I was saying is that
1: I don't remember her in that film. Yeah. It's been a while since no, we yeah, went yeah. to go see it. Yeah. No, um, no, no, no.
2: But I only know that because she was also in something before that. She was around Joss Whedon in, in his circle a little while before she started doing other things. Oh, yeah. So that's how I only recognize her in that. Joss anyway. circle. People,
0: other actress, actors pop up throughout this film, including Zosia Mamet. Is that how you say her name? Zosia Mamet. That's much better, probably.
2: <laughs> she's not as French as that sounds. Okay. Uh, she's David Mamet's daughter. Okay. The playwright and famous mm. film director. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway,
0: she's in this film. Also, Patrick Fischler is in this film, uh, playing the guy who writes the comics under the Silver Lake. Oh, yeah. He's kind of a character actor that's been out a that of a things. I forgot that was his name. You've probably seen him. In like He's like a been lot in of things. You've place. probably
1: seen him behind Winkies.
0: Well, he doesn't like to go there.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> still find him there, though.
0: Some random dude. I'm just going to bring it up because I was very interested in that character and it was very bizarre. This guy named Jeremy Bob. Never heard of him. That's the old guy. He plays the songwriter. Mm-hmm. And then a couple other people who you have uh, seen before pop up here, including Callie Hernandez, uh, who previously appeared in Alien Covenant. Uh, she plays... Saw so connected. <laughs> She was also in La La Land, if that makes that any more fun for you. Oh.
1: Not really. Oh, yep. I bet and, it does.
0: And Topher Grace makes a bizarre appearance here as well. Yep.
1: Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Garfield. No, 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 no. I mean uh, Andrew, Mc, I McPoyle. Nope. Fucking
0: Mc- oh, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, Jimmy Simpson. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. Fresh off of his appearance in Westworld
2: yeah kind of felt like he was could have been playing a very slightly similarly shaded character as far as just a rich dude living on the fringe of stupid culture mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah truly
2: anyway,
0: so yes, mm-hmm. I've set up the pins. Who wants to knock him down first?
1: um I think I'll go first okay. because um, as you know, anybody who has uh listened to this podcast in the past before, particular it follows episode. I love that film. I really, really enjoyed that film when I first saw it, and it was actually my favorite film of that year um, when we recorded that episode. Um, did you
2: watch the triple X parody, though? No, I did not. It I Swallows?
1: Did. I did. That's not a real thing. I'm, okay, I'm not gonna,
2: Don't Google it.
1: Um, nope, I'm not going to do that. Um, so, yeah, just off of the, the merit of the fact that I enjoyed It Follows So Much, uh, I'm not saying that it was a perfect film, but I think that what that film was going for really worked for me in regards to like what it was talking about, um, the nature of like like adolescence growing into like one sexual identity, the sort of um, loaded expectations and fears that come with that, and just like sort of the, how the the fog of superstition that surrounds such a ubiquitous and yet so like taboo sort of like portion of your life follows you around and then like you have to deal with the consequences of that i thought that was really compelling and interesting so just by the merit of that i was looking forward to seeing what david robert mitchell was going to deliver next and so when i heard that he was going to be doing this film under the silver lake i'm just like oh that's interesting it's like andrew garfield's going to be I was like oh it's interesting i saw the trailer and i was a little bit you know like lukewarm on it and i'm just like but i'm Still going to go see it, and you probably saw the trailer for the first
0: time quite a while ago. Yes, I did. I know. Yes, was kind of shelved ultimately,
1: yeah. and kind of mercy got released on video yeah. on demand. It was put out to pasture. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. it was. It was definitely. Um, I a- mean, I
2: haven't seen a twenty-four do this since their very first feature, uh, which was the life and mind of Charles Swan, whatever that was, that starred like Charlie Sheen and. With was it Martin Sheen? I don't know, but it actually started like a like a genuine ensemble of like known actors mm-hmm. and it just got pan reviewed. And that was like their first film and then I can't remember what the second film, like the second film with a hit, it's an eight twenty four classic. Mm-hmm. But like that I remember coming straight to VOD. So like they are I don't know, they just it seemed like they would have come a long way from that, it's just as far as like Maybe this is stupid, but, like, at a certain point, you should just stick to your convictions, right. I think. And just, I mean, it's an indie... Especially coming from a known director. Yeah, and it's not like it was... Yeah, exactly. For someone who had already done some for them, Like, know. if they
0: just, like, invested their money in somebody and then they, you know, figured out that, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't have done that, and they tried to bury it, like, that would make sense.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, when the news came out that A24 was essentially going to be just putting this one out to pasture and um releasing it on VOD and giving it a very very limited maybe one or two day um small theater release. Um I was disappointed with that because I was looking forward to it and I came across this tweet where it was like the the murder of under the silver lake by the coward A twenty four. I thought that was hilarious, but now having watched the film, I think that they were uh, maybe they were onto something, <laughs> because uh, I I'll I'll be honest. My first thought as soon as the credits hit was, I really don't know what the fuck I just watched. I really I really don't know what but I. That's
2: what. why I don't understand why they wouldn't have been into it. Not because it's. Easily marketable, but because I would just assume that that's A twenty four's brand. No, I, I don't think say. that's this their brand. Is. Cultivating, eh. I yeah, cultivating indie voices for think Peace culture. I mean, I'm I, I just think this is right up their alley. Not right up their alley as far as one of their best, one of their worst, whatever. Yeah. But I, I thought it fit right in with the shit that they do. Uh, I, that's I just my but yes,
1: I don't know. I think that this is a very uh, it's a very middling effort. It's a very confused film. It's trying to basically it it tries to carry the pretense of having a message and it doesn't really carry that in any sort of like meaningful or or digestible or retainable like form i don't like like I, i i there's there's so much that happens in this film and yet so little at the same time i think the things that stick out to me the most are the score is gorgeous the score is 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 really sweeping and immaculate it has this very old like hollywood style like throwback sort of vibe to it i liked a lot of the um the cinematography the cinematography is very evocative of a very particular era hitchcockian era of thrillers and suspense and horror um a lot of like the split, the split diopter um like sort of like camera like technique that was also used in the finale for us that also like happens to like emerge in here at some point. Um Well, really quickly while you're uh speaking on
0: specific shots, there yeah. was a very early shot that was like super random and really had nothing to do with Oh with the squirrel film. dies? No. It was right before that. It was actually when that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh and it, it almost had an effect like the shot um in Jaws, that's pretty famous. Where it,
1: where like, it zooms in, all, it off, zooms, zooms in, out. but it
0: also has the effect that it's zooming out at the same right, time. Yeah. Um,
1: I know there's a name for that particular um, like technique, but I can't remember. Fucking awesome is what the name. Yeah, it's be. fucking awesome. It's like it just plays with the, the the depth perspective in such a way where it's just like it just sucks you in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's 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 a lot of really cool like cinematography and like a lot of really cool shots in this film. Uh, the set pieces just become increasingly more bizarre as the film goes on where you're just traveling through these these assorted parties in the la scene where it goes from uh it goes from some type of film screening in the middle of a of a cemetery to a i don't know some type of cemetery themed like bar that has tables that are made out of the uh, tombstones of like Hollywood legends. Yeah, and you there's ha- the
0: girl there who has to always have a balloon with her. You always
1: got to have a balloon with her, like, because you know that's just her vibe, man. It's like,
2: well, the movie has a lot to say about pop music.
1: Oh, that's that's clever. That's more. That's actually more clever than the film itself. Um, then there's like a Egyptian tomb, and then there's like this weird, like, fucking. I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of weird shit in this film, and none of it really adds up to anything that, like, I feel like forms a cohesive message. And it's just various different layers of unreality stacked on top of one another. And it sort of lampshades some of the inherent um, insanity, the nonsensicality of this entire situation, where like somebody asks, like, what does Andrew Garfield's Character do for a job, and it's like everybody asks me about job, 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 and it's just like ah, uh, it's a good fucking reason because you have this apartment, which you know it's not the best, but it is it's oh, not the that's worst. That's a pretty nice apartment. It's a pretty nice fucking apartment. Okay,
0: downtown Los Angeles. Downtown
1: Los Angeles, right? Like, where the fuck do you get the money for this? How just did you get the drive, money? for driving this? Driving a Mustang around? Yeah, right. It's like, fine. like, uh, are you are you are you rich? Are are your parents rich? Like, where where the fuck are you getting this money from? I don't know. Um people keep on asking him like how is how's work doing and i'm just like what the fuck does this man do for work um and we'll never find out it doesn't matter uh just like a lot of things in this film
0: yeah i was gonna say yeah you're you're making it seem like oh it doesn't matter but it it doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't doesn't matter and and, then you don't care and
1: and you know what neither (laughs) neither does this film this film doesn't matter it will flit out of your mind uh the moment after you have like watched it every single time every every subsequent moment that i spend like talking about it the more that memory just sort of deteriorates it's
0: pretty damning coming from you since how much you liked it. i know follows.
1: i know and and you know what yeah. i'm 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 willing to say that as much as i liked it follows and how much i would love to watch it follows again it was like i i would very much like to like return to that film and like parse through it again it's like i i I enjoy watching i don't think it's perfect the the finale again with the um the the swimming pool like i will admit that is that has not aged well that that, that's kind of a stinker uh but i don't don't think it was very good when i saw it no it wasn't yeah it was yeah but for me it's like i've I've sort of been able to look at with the clarity and be like yeah it's like it's not that good but i think that seventy five percent of a good film versus like maybe the twenty five percent that just didn't fuck that I didn't fuck with I'm just like i'm I really fuck with that seventy five percent none of this no percent of this do I actually really enjoy other than like the actual like material construction of it as an image as a as a series of images uh they don't really coherent anything that I would be interested in rifling through for meaning um and I guess that's that's sort of my my damning condemnation of it, and I think that maybe. Maybe David Robert Mitchell is just a one hit wonder. You know? Maybe that's that's just what it is. And but eh, damn but a damn little I know that's I know that's two old, films. I, I know, and that was three films. That's, no, but but, but well, what, have what, you seen what, that? What what I mean what I mean to say is there's <laughs> just like I, I You haven't
2: seen that film.
1: I haven't seen that film, yeah. Okay. But it's, it's like I what I'm what I mean to say is I don't mean to be overzealous in How many saying films
2: that films have you made
1: None. Oh, actually I've made a couple of them, but they're like short films and they don't fucking matter. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh but anyway, what okay. I mean to say is like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with like making one good film. At least you've you've made one good film. That's more than a lot of people have done. It's 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 fine. It's okay if this this film is shit. So, next
0: Um I guess I'll go
1: you love this film yeah
0: um, David Robert Mitchell not, not for me I mean not my tempo no that's that's second whiplash reference very good um just not for me I, I honestly could understand why somebody who was really into what this film is doing could enjoy it um, but I think this, uh, and I, I hate to use two directors to compare this to being combined into one, uh, because they are much more acclaimed than, uh, David Robert Mitchell is, but, and I mean, this is probably not the perfect combination, but like this whole film felt like Terry Gilliam trying to make a Terrence Malick movie. And it just ended up, ended up a fucking circus mess. um, I mean, it, it, at what point does oh, none of this matters? But here's this message happening here. Um, at, at what point does that just not mean anything? I, I guess the message
1: of like nothing matters
0: the message of because there's there's conflicting messages happening throughout this film of this grand scheme that's happening behind the curtain mm-hmm. while at the same time nothing matters at all yeah. and they're just constantly fighting each other throughout
1: the entirety of the film this man has like lost meaning in his life and now he's like looking for it and these like sort of Right. Th- these conspiracy theories, this apathenia-fueled, like, obsession to, like, find and parse out secret messages and everything, thinking that they're all going to coalesce into some larger, darker, more sinister conspiracy. And it does, but then even at the heart of that, it rings very hollow. Really, it's all it, it, it just boils down to the most dangerous thing on planet Earth is a very rich white man who gets bored and starts doing some weird shit. Yeah.
0: Um I I just after the first maybe like 35 minutes I just could not give a shit about <laughs> anything that was really yeah, happening here. And yeah. I I mean it's not like I stopped watching like right. I was paying attention. Right. I was you know hoping that at some point it picked back maybe up. Maybe there'd be and, a turn, got yeah. My interest. yeah. Uh and it just never happened because you mean
1: you, mean you weren't you weren't into the whole part where um, he takes the the cellophane map and puts it over the the Legend of Zelda strategy guide inside of the Nintendo Power magazine, to and quote... is actually able to to deduce where the secret sex cult is. To quote you,
0: san that was basic as fuck.
1: Yeah, it was basic as fuck.
0: And I, I think I don't want to say that was the problem with this film because there were a lot of other things I didn't care for, but. There's just, like, there's these two conflicting ideologies that are continuously fighting with each other throughout the entirety of this film, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, the entire message of the entire film. Yeah. At least to me.
1: Things matter. No, they don't.
0: Yeah. And uh, that being said, uh, from set piece to set piece, we see just these... Weird-ass uh, shit. I was going to say, these bizarre events happening. This is apparently how all of the cool people in L.A., what they do in their spare time. Yeah. They play chess randomly while listening to a band that's literally named after Jesus.
1: Yeah. Uh, that did look like some fucking weird... Um, what was the name of that one show? The Information.
2: And... The Information?
1: No, 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 no. It was just like... Oh. Uh, God damn it, I can't remember. You lent it to me.
2: Oh, The Prisoner. Yeah,
1: The Prisoner. That felt like, it looked like a courtyard from The Fucking Prisoner.
2: The chess
1: party? Yeah, The Chess yeah. Party looked like a scene out of The Prisoner. There
0: was some like serious hipster shit happening in every turn of this oh, film. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, but you do not start beating up a man while he's taking a dump. Like, that is just... Well, before that, he beat the shit out of
1: a kid. Also bad, but... Um, I'm starting to think that Andrew Garfield's character is not a good person. He's yeah. not a particularly good person. He lies all the time. He constantly tries to deflect. He tries to compensate yeah. for his own uh his 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 own lack of emotional maturity by constantly just like chasing after things that aren't really real.
0: Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. Uh that being said, much like in It Follows, which which uh, again was a film I didn't care for either, yeah. Um there were some extraordinarily beautiful moments that were captured throughout this um scene actually in the reservoir was phenomenal. A lot of the early scenes looked beautiful. Uh, Great set design. Um, I actually thought really well captured too by the cinematography throughout. And not just um, like scenery but actual shot composition I thought was actually really good early on throughout the film. And and really through most parts of, of the dialogue driven scenes in this film I thought was actually really solid. But Um, overall story-wise, I just, I just, I just couldn't get into this. Just another film that I just, uh, sat and watched and, and just could not latch on to. So not a fan.
1: Yep. (laughs) Nick. Nice
0: It's nice to. It's nice that we're in agreement.
1: Yeah, we're totally in agreement. We are. We are drift compatible when it comes to being the shit out of this film. I have a film.
0: feeling that our co-hosts may have a different opinion. I'm sure. Um, but we'll see.
1: And you know what? I'm. I'm curious we'll because see. every time that Nick says something about a film, even though I. I may not like it, and it's like it always reveals perhaps another perspective that I may.
0: This is uh, very much true. Yeah. So, so let's hear it.
1: So Nick, let's hear it.
2: I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, okay. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I am not ready to dismiss this film right now. Okay. I'm mulling it over in my head, and I, um, I, I mean, I'm in no way going to go to bat for it as some kind of misunderstood A24 disaster or anything like that, but I definitely think there is a lot here. I mean, the, everything is meaningless, I feel like, while that is there on the surface. That's not the only drum that is beating in this film. Mm -hmm. And I do think it is somewhat conflicted, but I think there's some thematic purpose behind that. Um, I'm going to start talking about myself for a second, my favorite subject. Mm -hmm. Um, As a 27-year-old geek, I have amassed a collection of shit. Yeah. Movies, uh, recently comics, mm-hmm. video games, music—you know—all of this shit and physical shit, obviously not just digital in this day and age—but yeah. all of this shit is utterly worthless. It, yeah, it has no value whatsoever mm-hmm. except a few of my out-of-print criterions. No big deal. <coughs> <laughs> um, but none of it matters at all, and yet somehow. The proximity of in which I placed it next to my other shit gives it value uh uh yes, do you um
1: not to interrupt this, I know that you're going but it this actually just reminded me of something that one of my colleagues actually said um, recently tweeted about like what was the stupidest thing that you got in trouble with trouble for when you were younger, right, and this colleague of mine was a straight a student and just happened to be that she liked playing video games, right? And one of her uh, teachers at the time learned about that. And it was just like, why would a straight-A student waste their time with stuff, stuff like that? And she basically just replied, like, "Snap back and was like, everything that we do is a waste of time and then we die. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's like everything is like it, – it really all depends on, like, what meaning you're actually, like, deriving from it. Like, everything that you do is a waste of time if you don't actually, like, derive any meaning from it. So, yeah. 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 Very true.
2: Yeah. Um, As I was saying, it's that all of these things mean nothing. And yet, if I am by myself, I can uh, ascribe meaning to each and every one of them half the time against my better judgment, Mm -hmm. if not only to just... Have a reason to hold on to it. And when I, and anybody else, but when I engage with any one of these artifacts, I am only doing it under the narcissistic delusion that in some way this item was made for me in this moment in my life, and that without it, somehow, my life would be altered, and therefore I keep it. So. I have to admit that I was a fan of this movie because I do think this movie does a lot to upend that entire narcissistic delusion that myself and a lot of people uh, suffer from Mm -hmm. in that um, I think sometimes uh, a lot of people try to have what they would consider to be a harmless hobby. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's literally harmless, not drugs as far as harming yourself or it's not, you know, something that's too kinky or something that would harm other whatever
1: but I collect it, enamel pins.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um and so the idea that is because it is harmless, it therefore it is okay, it is acceptable and somehow it is enriching. Um and while we can debate the merits on any one particular niche, um it's all equal in the sense that it actually is meaningless other than what we bring to it. And the lengths in which Sam's character will go to hold on to the significance of these things that he has kept and these uh, connections that he has barely maintained um, uh, is just kind of frightening in a very, I would say, realistic way. Um, I think one thing that's interesting that you two, for two people who were not fans of this movie... Never mentioned in your um, synopsis. Uh, summary, general yeah. opening thoughts, considering you guys understandably talked about the kind of everything is meaningless mm. uh, theme, which is here. But neither one of you brought up the one scene that I thought was kind of the actual thesis of the film, which was
1: when he meets the girl.
2: When he meets the girl?
1: When he meets the girl on the billboard who turns out to be his ex. Oh, and, no. And her, I mean, I guess her. that
2: was like maybe the first shading of it. But yeah. for me, it was the the video call. Yeah. Where at the end of all this, um, one of her first reactions is... You barely know me. Yeah, you, you just met me, though. And that, I mean, in my opinion, that was a similar gut punch in the way that a movie we have covered uh, by the Daniels uh, Swiss Army Man.
1: Oh, yeah. The
2: ending of that, which I felt rubbed me the wrong way because they did put too much emphasis on a character that we never got to see outside of his uh, decision to end his life. Mm -hmm. Um, So our sympathy is already with him, unfortunately. Um, And no matter how... Unforgiving that ending might be in a good way, it just didn't quite sit well with me. That like, well, we're also still supposed to root for him though, and whatnot. Whereas here, Mm, see, I, I mean, we don't need to get into that. No, but I, if I can, sure. If you can just give me like
0: one like twenty second thing here, I feel like since he is still showing us this story in his world, he has to be the one who rides off a farting corpse into the sunset. So, that's the only reason why that happens, because even though like, reality does set in, he cannot fucking cope with that still. But,
2: I, I have no response to that, because okay. I just don't know how to just... Because it was
0: perfect.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, back to the movie at hand here. But this was a movie in which people are literally going to Die. Uh, the reality of that is in no way negated by his revelation, and nor is he able yeah. to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that he'll take away from this experience is what she said to him, which is that, you know, he did all of this on the whim of a meet cute that meant n- probably nothing to her. Now, I think the video call ended up meaning something to her in a way that neither one of them could predict. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a do you no think way. I
1: made a mistake? Well, I might as well just write this one out, you know right yeah.
2: and it's that kind of misconnection tragedy that befalls both of them because that you know it was he was just too late in in general, but for him to reach that as a destination um to arrive home uh presumably suicidal uh because not only do we have the uh You know, just the iconic uh, of the gun sitting next to him Mm on the couch, but he literally purchases uh, orange juice and saltines, which harkens back to her line, not just her story. Everybody
1: should try that once before they die. Yes. Mm -hmm. And
2: so, you know, all that is set up um, only for him to get distracted by his neighbor like he does practically every day um, and just to go have a little fling over there because some form of fleeting, meaningless connection is more important than a permanent choice such as, you know, deciding to end your own life. And for that to bring him literally across the, uh, the the water in his apartment, or apartment complex, and for him to see the ruins of what his life was, i.e. via the visualization of the apartment, as he's being evicted from a place he no longer even inhabits, um, I just thought the kind of apathy displayed there was actually pretty brilliant because after all this he, he he's not going to learn anything and I think that for him to literally face what I would call almost demonic representations of uh, indifference in the face of his quote unquote passion for pop culture and or you know the females in his life i mean we have it with the songwriter uh who plays his uh you know ditties and tells him everything he knows of yeah. why so to speak um and yet you when were he, rebelling
1: to my music and that was nothing but bullshit
2: but he literally hears that and his reaction is not oh, shit, his, his reaction is, no, you lie. Yeah. And uh, in a week in which we are faced, currently, this will date this episode, but mm-hmm. in which a um, a quote-unquote fan petition is uh, circling the internet to have season eight of Game of Thrones be redone. That's not how this works. <laughs> it's not how this that's works. Not how that, that's not and how any of this works. For, um, and I just feel like that entitlement has been... It's not that it's worse, because obviously it's not worse. We've always been entitled as a culture and whatnot. Yeah. The internet has just made it louder. Mm. So for a movie to actually kind of tell a spoiled baby that his art is that he likes is not his to claim and does not mean to the world or the karmic universe that he has no control over, um, the same thing that whatever it means to him Um, It invalidates every choice he's ever made and everything he's ever gotten attached to. And the reason why he's an asshole is because he feels so pathetic. And that doesn't excuse it, but for me, it's, it's one of those things where instead of a movie trying to say, you know, what if someone had a reason to be asshole? It's kind of saying, what if a person had no reason to be one? And that's what's most frightening of all, you know, and that there is no karmic uh, (laughs) judge up there ruling against him. And it's only because he hates himself and his placement in the world that he can't actually function as a human being. And I think the jokes Mm. in this movie about him not having a job like that was in my opinion kind of circling the drain of that this was kind of a at least pseudo depression allegory that Mm -hmm. he's he's not (laughs) annoyed that (laughs) People are asking him if he has a job because he doesn't have a job. He's annoyed because he doesn't have a job, and yet people don't consider that to be a viable uh, life experience. Like, he has justified it to himself. Um, I think,
0: I think uh, a reasonable person can assume that this is an episode
2: that has just recently
0: come upon him and that he's yeah. previously had a job. I was going to say, this
2: is a never-ending cycle. They... Act, um, you
1: know. they, they, they... They ask him as if he is still working at this job mm-hmm. that he has. So this That's was right. this was very recent. Like he had a dog, which I thought he was lying about. That He was yeah. lying about that in order to like sort of ingratiate himself to this, this woman. But it turns out – Especially he, the he, dog
2: killer thing. I he, thought he was going to – like at first I thought he was trying to subtly tie into that.
1: Right, but... right, right. And then the whole thing of like women barking at him and other shit like that. And I'm just like – Yes. It's, notice it's, how men do not
2: do that. Yeah,
1: men don't do that. It's it's a weird sort of. What if he... Owl's kiss doesn't mean anything? The dog killer doesn't really mean anything. It's just a bunch of. I'm
0: not. I mean, I don't really want to go down this path. I know. What if he got fired from like a records,
1: uh, a, like a, I don't know, like a record store.
0: Right? Re- no, 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 not record store. What if he got fired from like a record label and he previously was a songwriter and mm. he just. Really wanted people to be in touch with their own thing, and then he's through this just horrible. I mean, this is totally yeah, yeah, just yeah. bullshitting here. Yeah, but, uh, the fucking best line of this film comes early on. I thought. I mean, there's a couple that are really good, uh, but when he's having sex with what I'm pretty sure we're led to believe is a prostitute early on in the film, Ricky
2: Lineholm?
1: No, that's his, like, his, his, his... Yeah, I thought that was just a casual Yeah, that's his, that, that's his uh, friends his benefits. There's
2: surreality there in their relationship because it is uber casual to the point where... Now, she gets over him because then she disappears after the second time, mm-hmm. at least in the film. Yeah, because he smells like a skunk. But the costumes are, like she said, that's for a role. So I thought that mm-hmm. was just an L.A. satire okay. type yeah. shit. yeah. Okay. You know?
0: anyways, uh whatever their relationship is, that's kind of not really doesn't really matter to what I was going with this
3: yeah.
0: um but I mean that opening sex scene was like a pretty solid noir opening opener in my opinion, yeah. where he finds out about the thing that will not be the big story, but it will lead him to the big story, which was the guy who's been abducted, but the best line. That comes out of that is the Kurt Cobain poster that he has. Uh, I
1: saw him in concert
0: once. I saw him in concert once. I recently got that autographed. Uh, which I think I mean he didn't qualify as it that it's from his daughter I think which yeah. is really fucked up. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I kind of wish he just kind of left it. I think it would have been way more bizarre. And <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of would have dug it. But uh after watching the entire film, that line is not only hilarious, but also horrifying because if this is somebody who's suicidal and Kurt Cobain is like his mm-hmm. idol, um that's fucked up. I mean no, that's
2: that's kinda why well, I, I the vibe I got from this whole Well, movie. the
0: other thing too is he uh straight up murders the songwriter with, with Kurt Cobain's guitar. Yeah. yeah. yeah so Power of music. That that scene actually I you thought you got the touch. I thought that scene actually was pretty fantastic. It was. I I was not
1: expecting that.
0: Yeah. Although I did have this weird vibe when they zoomed in on the songwriter's face that actually was Andrew Garfield in like super (laughs) deep makeup.
2: Yeah. So I had to look up and make sure it was actually somebody else because I was like, oh, that makes sense. I do like how you had started to try to guess who it would be and it turned out to be nobody, which I thought was actually a pretty great... Because I do think they were building it up and Mm -hmm. that made perfect sense and yet... Uh, behind the, you know, the Wizard of Oz truly is just that just some supporting f- actor, you've some never f- seen fucking before. old
1: white guy. The Wizard is just a man, like, in the booth behind a curtain. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, so, I mean, and, and I think that's ultimately where it sucks because I do think there are small moments throughout this film that I genuinely did really enjoy. And as per usual, Nick, your explanation of things. Definitely gets me to look at it in a different light. Toussaint yeah. alluded to it, and I think you are very good at that. So I will say that it is definitely opening my eyes a little bit. That being said, I still don't think this film's any good.
1: <laughs> I don't think that I'm going to uh, return to this film. At least not <laughs> any, not any time soon. Um, no, just definite, just, just, just never, def- just definite. Yeah, but it, you know, it, I thought that there were enjoyable parts about it i just don't think that those parts had anything to do with the plot or the message of the film but rather just the the mise-en-scene the cinematography the score structurally i enjoy this film and i and and i'm if, if if nothing else like i enjoy films as as structures and how they're put together like that that's really fascinating to me but this this didn't really transcend that sort of perfunctory baseline appeal
2: yeah, no, and I, I totally get that. I um I just maybe I'm liking it too because of just the ballyhoo of Ballyhoo the Thank you for always repeating me. Well, it's really funny. Of the which part? The the production troubles and woes of this movie. Mm. Um Because I just, you know, for it to be... You were assuming
0: it was going to be a big pile of shit. I was just assuming it would have been
2: incomprehensible and impenetrable. And I'm sorry, but this is uh, basically like, you know, if a grad student who loves Thomas Pynchon tried to rewrite, remake Vertigo. And it's just... (laughs) Yes, it's elementary. Yes, that's awesome. Oh my god. Like, I'm not going to give it credit for, you know, just doing the bare minimum of regurgitating better stuff out there but i don't think it's a pointless piece of media and nor do i think it was even that um crazy uh from the outset because the idea that they couldn't have marketed this to in what i would call an a24 audience that's more confusing to me than anything in this movie um and i mean this is it's it's a very blunt and dumb movie and i say that not even as a pejorative but i think kind of in a winky way that i think the movie knows it is and it i mean this movie equates um the the activity of jerking off with code cracking conspiracies i mean when he is l- literally doing that at the same time and so the idea that anyone could be, in my opinion, unsatisfied by the trajectory of this movie. And if it didn't work for you, that's fine. But the, the idea that it was going to go anywhere else, um, you know, I just kind of...
0: No, I think like any solid noir film, like this pretty much lays the groundwork of what it's going to be within it does. the first 15 minutes.
2: But unlike most noirs, it has that metatextual element where it is stating from the outset. I mean, even a movie that... far superior, but like Inherent Vice or like Chinatown or something like Mm -hmm. that, where the whole uh, Byzantine labyrinth and whatever plot and convoluted uh, schemes and whatnot, even those have a heft of importance that while maybe they're incomprehensible to the layman, it just also feels like maybe they're impenetrable because we're just not meant to get it, because we are the common man Mm -hmm. watching these much uh, you know, richer and whiter <laughs> uh whatever. But something like this yeah. I feel like does kind of state and pretty much drive home that no, that all of those shits it boils down to one thing, which is that no one is fucking happy and everyone is doing what they can to try and get to a better place. Mm-hmm. And some people will literally kill themselves in the process, and other people won't even be live, live in the ground somewhere if well, that's what enough. I'm saying kill themselves in the process yeah. I mean that's what they're doing and some people won't even have the balls to do that
1: hmm.
0: I love the idea too uh, this was another small story detail that I quite enjoyed. I love the idea that he is at the whim of whatever the homeless group will do. But then, when he runs into a homeless guy, he talks about I how much hate. he fucking
1: hates them. Wow, the, there's just yeah. so many things I don't like about this character. It's like, and I, and I don't think that that's like, oh, it's like the film's bad because the main character's bad. It's like, no, I'm not saying that. It's just like it, it, when you when you really like take stock and in inventory of everything that this man says and does, like fuck, I don't like this guy. Like, like, if I I knew this guy in real life, I would never hang out with him.
0: I feel like everything is a contradiction, though, with his character throughout. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not just the homeless thing, too. Like, the idea of him wanting to, like... Like, he's only interested in the people that he meets because he wants something out of them. Like, he's only... I mean, that... That's probably he true wants to them, a lot well, of things in he life, doesn't, but... and
2: not just want something out of them, but he wants them to play a role in his life yeah. and not the other way around. And the idea that they can't exist for anything other than for him to figure out, like a puzzle piece, how they fit into whatever grand design that he subscribes to, which is bullshit to begin with. Yeah. Um,. I I got to say, I do like some of the littler jokes, which are in no way subtle, but just not like the big themes of this movie. But, I mean, from his mom uh, calling him to, you know, to tape the uh, TCM, whatnot, which for him to be so uninterested in what is a genuine possible moment for him to connect with another human being who mm-hmm. probably does love him because she's his mother, mm-hmm. um, to... <laughs> Only to brush that off for a hot girl who only wants to watch, uh, how to marry a millionaire. It just—it's kind of funny because you run away from your mother and you end up fucking her. So,
1: oh shit.
2: So little things like that, where it's like he is ignoring every actual instance of kind of Freudian karmic significance in favor of bullshit that m- will ultimately mean nothing and. Um, and and be a fruitless endeavor.
1: Yeah. Probably.
2: Literally, because uh, she
0: won't fuck him. So. That's yeah.
1: true. Yeah. Yeah. What is that bird saying? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've always wondered what it is, and he's just like, scrutinizing it and like we cannot help but try and scrutinize as well and i'm just like really does that even matter though
0: there were like 850 little details throughout this film that are supposed to just be there and be like oh that's interesting Mm -hmm. like everything from like the woman handing out records at the party to the woman always having to have a balloon with her like i feel like there's just too many of those that at some point, they mean nothing, which, again, I, I, I feel like that's something that the movie is going for. But at the same there's time... The, that
2: stuff felt more like that stuff L.A. Felt like, culture.
0: Yeah, there's, okay. there's the scene uh, where... That, that, that stuff um, felt more like mother to
1: me. There, there's the scene where Andrew Don't Garfield's like character I, I, visits I um, the comic zine guy at his house... And you can tell that he's just looking at this guy and just like, wow, this guy's fucking crazy. It's like he's talking about how he'll find the meaning to his existence on the back of a, of a of a of a, carton of cereal. And he's just like looking at it, and really, he's just looking in a mirror, honestly. But he doesn't really understand that. And then eventually, he, like, grabs after that that carton, and that carton becomes so important to him as well, too. He starts so,
0: eating the like thirty year old cereal.
1: Yeah, that's. Mm.
0: That's kind of fucking gross. Uh, probably the best shot of the entire film, which I absolutely loved. Um, and it's funny because I guess I should have seen it coming, but I didn't even really think about it until it happened. Uh, which is when the girl, who's the daughter um, of Jefferson, yeah, whatever, uh, gets shot when they're actually in the in the reservoir, and that basically just completely mirrors the first thing he masturbated to on the cover of Playboy from many years ago which I thought was fantastic and I love the idea and I point out when you're watching it but the idea that now that image has been ruined for him forever oh i
2: don't think it has
0: oh you think it's just enhanced now yeah
2: i mean and oh. i made that joke but oh. i was actually being slightly serious which is that no i mean if you're you're talking about a guy who's trying to find meaning in everything, especially when he shouldn't. So the idea that he would see a real-life recreation on accident of his Playboy cover that he's coveted so much in a shared experience that he had uh, that was not under his control, you you think he's not going to jack off to that if he can? Fucked up. Lord, help me. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh. Okay. Like right. I said, I don't think this guy learns anything from this movie, which nope. I think is the only yep. point. He's
1: a totally static character. Okay. But the world changes, though. No, it
3: doesn't. Mm.
1: Okay, what's our final ratings on this?
0: Two that's where you go home.
1: Yeah. Uh, my final rating on this is I give it a two out of five, I guess. Um, it's all right. I like some parts of it, and listening to Nick talk about it like maybe improved a little bit. I was like, yeah, there is something here that we can take out of it there's obviously there is obviously something to take out of a text, like every text has something in it. It's just whether or not we are willing to like devote the time or attention or we think that it that we imbue it with meaning by like Talking about it and actually like looking into it, and if there's just nothing that we see into it, then there's not going to be really any meaning in it. And Mm -hmm. just like, and I appreciate like being able to talk to somebody who's able to actually extract meaning out of it because I feel like, in in a way that improves, no, 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 that 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 improves the text in my eyes for the fact of like there is something to to take out of it, even if I necessarily cannot really. You are.
2: I just really quick. Yeah. You are the opposite of our protagonist here because you are happy that n- meaning can exist outside of your own. Yeah, perception. absolutely. Something yeah. that you cannot connect to. Yeah, which makes you a good person. Well, I uh, <laughs> and, sure maybe and yeah, not I guess, a yeah. narcissistic uh, yeah. asshole.
1: Yeah, I, I guess yeah. It's just like you know.
2: Hey, take the compliment. Oh, no, thank you. It's like
1: and yeah. It's like you, just gotta, you always got to. The fuck away from me. Anyway, uh, like you always have to be willing to, like I don't know, open up to different perspectives and different sorts of films and texts, and just like everything is a learning experience. Anyway,
0: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with one and a half out of five for this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just had to undercut me, didn't you, motherfucker?
2: (laughs) No, no. you already knew.
1: You already knew. Nick
2: thought I wasn't gonna go that low. So I, I guess not. I. I mean I didn't think you were going to go that much higher but I, No. You don't really usually go drop behind 2 unless you like actively dislike something and no. I didn't quite get that vibe but that's okay. Uh no. I
0: I would say that this just uh this was a struggle for me uh from start to finish. Uh I definitely wouldn't put it as low as something like serenity or something like that because I think there are I would hope not. Well, uh, I do think there are a lot of competent shots and competent filmmaking moments throughout the entirety of this film, um, but it seems apparent that uh, David Robert Mitchell is not going to be my tempo, uh, and that's okay, because there are a lot of things that are not for me. Yeah. So uh, I just didn't really care for this, and I I, I wanted to enjoy it, but ultimately it just... Uh, just really didn't do anything for me so one and a half out of five for me for under the silver lake
2: yep uh i am probably resting at around a three and a half out of five okay it's not in any way some kind of new nick cheney canon film no um but you thought it was pretty good i did and i am once again i'll reiterate that i'm baffled by a24's indifference and kind of embarrassment of it um Not so much per quality, but just for the fact that I don't understand why they wouldn't want to kind of drum up this kind of what I would call safe art house stoner, whatever. Um, But I, I did enjoy it. I thought that the resonance of the video conference call really pulled the movie together because it was one of the few moments in which somebody's emotions other than our protagonist not only mattered but had clarity that even he couldn't obscure with his own bullshit. And for that to exist literally <laughs> across... Technology and across another screen and it couldn't even happen in the same room I, I think speaks volumes about him and the way he interacts with everybody and or shall we say doesn't allow them to really interact with him um I just thought that was that was a perfect moment in a decent film and I thought overall the uh, I, I guess what I liked is that while we've had a bunch of movies like this where it went. Where it pulls the thread of everything is meaningless, and yet everything has meaning. What I liked about this was that if you're gonna do it with this, I would say level of indifference, (laughs) at least the connections had that extremely low threshold of, you know, work put into it. Like I don't have to go and read Buzzfeed article to tell me how this because the character is able to do it in this film, and so I just think that. As a whole package, this movie sustains on its own fumes, and I can understand why anyone would find them stinky, but uh, I don't know. I I took a hit from it, and I was okay. So, Uh, Three and a
0: half out of five for me. Okay. Definitely a a wide range of opinions. Yes. I
2: will say, though, your two ratings and your opinions on this movie did solidified that we will be doing solo on a future episode. So I hope you're happy, motherfuckers. Yeah, Next time you disagree with me, wow, I'll it, do worse. I was say, I don't you know how, the, how those
0: are related, but okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that our opinions add up to your opinion, which is yeah. te- technically true.
1: Oh, it's like a pattern. I mean, what does it mean?
0: It means that Nick is twice as smart as we are. Oh,
1: God.
0: Or it means that...
1: Maybe it means nothing. I know you're just Maybe it's just a coincidence.
2: <laughs> but there's something
1: there. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. I will there. when I'm
2: trying to break the code. Shut up! That's right. All, All right.
1: right. That's how we do. I'll, I'll send go. you a selfie. Oh, my God. All right. On an old Polaroid. What are we doing on our next episode, Alex?
0: Coming up next week. Do you know this
2: girl? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Coming up on our next episode, we're going to uh, discuss... The potential final entry into the John <laughs> Wick film franchise.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. The producer literally said these things are going to keep on going until the sun explodes. Yeah, I
2: mean, no spoilers, but every review said that this is not just leaves a door open. This does, once again, yeah. set up the the idea that there will be another one. Yeah. Again.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, the continuation of the series then, if that's yeah. what you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, which is John Wick, Chapter 3. Uh, we did an episode discussing uh, both of the first two films, mm-hmm. and we're going to discuss the third one here. Just a very interesting film series that this has become. Uh, and I wouldn't put it up with something like The Fast and the Furious or something like that, but the fact that this really came out of nowhere um, is pretty fascinating to me. I, re- I always remember... In, uh, I, I don't remember what movie you we went to go see. I think it was maybe... Maybe Snowpiercer, although maybe it was th- that was at- that was before this. But I remember pretty clearly, Nick, you were working in a movie theater at the time. I was. And you were saying that people were going to see a free screening. Of John Wick. Of John Wick, and that yeah. it was a lot of people going to see this free screening. Mm-hmm. And I remember basically saying, why the fuck are people wasting their time going to see Keanu Reeves in bullshit? Because at the time...
1: That's what he was doing, yeah, Keanu Reeves was kind of over the hill, like the matrix was well behind him, like he was he was still a good actor, but he hadn't been involved in anything good.
2: Well saw it really quick. this ties into that, and also a an interest of yours. Mm-hmm. Have, did you see someone who took the key and Peel sketch and made it into a Keanu Reeves meme? So, you know the sketch where I, it's a Barack Obama sketch where yeah. after he gets done giving a speech, mm-hmm. he does the thank you walk? Yes! Every yes, I did. White person is right. very cordial right, or whatever. Right, but every right. time he sees another black person, yeah, he yeah. does the whole whatever. Yeah. So, someone took that exact video. Yeah, of I the saw that. Yeah, yeah. And then put every basically bad Keanu film mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, as one of the white people. Yeah. And every time it was like a John Wick yeah. or a. Oh, or come whatever. here. Yeah, come it here. Was whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, the. The hardest I laughed though yeah. was when he gets to uh, the, the, Keegan. Yeah, but it, was it was just like
1: he's, he's half black, and it just like it was like, and it was, it was it was the like what about yeah the, the 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 Matrix sequels? I was like, look, was, I agree with that. that okay, that like treat good. them with some fucking respect. There is actually some merit to those just, films.
0: Just to just to close this loop though, yeah, yes, leading up to John Wick in the ten years following the Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, these are the films that he released. Constantine. Okay, that was good. Okay. Uh, Thumbsucker. What? A Scanner Darkly. Okay. I need to see that. Uh, I've heard it's quite good. Yeah. Uh, a a romantic film with Sandra Bullock. The Lake the House? The Lake House. The Lake House. I mean,
2: what movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Street That's... Kings. No. The remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, a movie called Henry's Crime with okay. him and Vera Formiga and James Khan. Oh. James Khan is uh always uh the badge of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh a movie He was in uh, San- Santa sleigh <laughs> with Goldberg. A movie in uh 2012 called Generation Um. Uh that's really the name of the film. Okay. Yep. Uh and then 47 Ronin in 2013.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot that they did a remake of that.
1: Oh, yeah. That was the last film that he passed by in that uh, Keegan, that, that Key and Peel skit where you're just like, I'm not going to even acknowledge yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: so brilliant. that's where we were before John Wick. Yeah. So I think my opinion was not necessarily invalid. No, it's not. No. Uh, but it is just pretty fascinating to me. That this has become like a legitimate series that
2: people are interested in. Yeah, yeah. So and he, it will he, apparently spawn a TV
1: show. Fuck. And he was yeah. he was an actor. He was a really good actor. And then he went. Was on he? No, no, no. I think th- I think that like that, that he was really good in that role as Neo in the Matrix. I think I was so. Say, and then and you then, haven't and
0: seen the behind the scenes of Dracula. And have then you? that's a great. Movie. And
1: then he just became a guy who just showed up to work. He just became a guy who showed up to work and cashed a check. And, like, played as a part of a shit film, and then his career ended up being revitalized for the fact that it was sort of, like, cluing into his whole history as a action hero, um, like, front man.
0: The fascinating thing about it is his career hasn't really been revitalized that much, because he hasn't
2: really done anything other than John Wick that's been any good. No, he
1: doesn't have to do anything he else. He did
2: have a romantic comedy that went to Netflix that most people who watched actually said was a good... Entry in modern day romantic comedies, which is kind of in a dour spot right now. Hmm. Anyway, it was him mm-hmm. and Winona Ryder. So. Oh, I did. It's called Destination Wedding. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. So anyway, I haven't I'm just watched saying. It, but, okay. Seems like he's being a slightly more not picky, but now that you can do a John Wick every year, you can then be like, oh, I guess I'll do this. Anyway, okay. um, can I say one thing about the John Wick three trailer that bothers me? Oh. And I say that as someone who cannot wait to see that movie. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, and I know what it means, so it's not like I'm being dumb, but for whatever reason, the line in which someone says in the trailer, I don't know who, but all this over a dog, and he said it wasn't just a dog, I mean, obviously that's true with the first movie's (laughs) Up-inspired origin story and whatnot, but also, like... Why can't it be just about a dog? Like like why why does he have to make that? I feel like yeah. that's kind of an insult to yeah. the dog.
1: Yeah. Why can't I just love my dog? Yeah. Why 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 do I have to just let it slide when somebody fucking kills my dog?
2: For whatever reason, every time I hear that line, I'm like, you know what would be really manly and cool if he was like, Fuck yeah, it's about my dog. Anyway.
0: You're
1: the man now, dog. Anyway.
0: So anyways, that's coming up on our next episode. Uh, you can always find us on FilmTankShow dot com. That's where you can find all of our episodes that are also available on iTunes or Stitcher at Film Tank or Film Tank Show if you want to try to search for that. Uh, and if you are on those services and you wanted to rate or review our podcast, we would very much appreciate that. Try to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram too. You can hey, find
2: I was going hard for a while. Yeah, it's my it's my fault. And then, okay, and, thank you. And then... I'm not.
0: I'm not I'm not blameless here. I'm just saying that...
2: I picked up so much steam because I thought you were with me. I'm only saying that in case it shames you into actually doing it. (laughs) Not because, like,
0: actually... America. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's 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 business logic right there. I'm I'm going to I'm
2: going to shame you.
0: That's right. Yeah. I am going to motivate you by shaming you into doing S- it.
2: Sexual gratification oh, comes God. later. Oh God! So if the shame doesn't work, you do have that to look forward to. On that note.
0: Thank you very much to Tucson Egan, Nick Cheney, and from them and myself, Alex Diegman, Thank you very much to the listener. We'll catch up with you next time here on Film Tank.